Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Ralph DeBugnera. I hope, hopefully, I pronounced your last name. Yeah, you got it. You got it right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes I make a mistake. <laughs> no, it's pretty good. It's not an easy one the first time either. So you did a good job. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, oh, thank you so much. Is that, is that uh, Italian? Italian, yeah. Ah, nice. Awesome, my friend. So, you know, we always like to start the show. Um, by kind of allowing the guests to take the stage and introduce themselves in their own words. Uh, would you mind? Sure. Um, so my name is Rafi Bagnara. Uh, I'm a mortgage and real estate professional for the last uh, 21 years, I guess, now at this point. Um, I run a pretty large mortgage division. Uh, that's really my main day-to-day. And besides that, uh, a lot of my life is my own personal real estate portfolio, uh, which consists of a lot of short-term rentals at this point now, that's a big portion of it. So Airbnb stuff is a big portion of it. Um, we also have Disruptors Network, which is uh, our podcast and TV show. The TV show was on Apple TV, um, Amazon Prime, uh, Roku last year. And now this year, it's going to be on DirecTV. Um, season two is going to be on DirecTV. So that's premiering hopefully in October. Um, we're still working on a release date. And I have a book coming out uh, in a week, actually, well, the 31st. Um, my first book is called The Growth Trap. Uh, and that's really uh, a story about kind of my growth and failure through business and the traps that I, I, I kind of got, got caught in. And I interview a lot of other people who are like me, entrepreneurs, whether they're famous or not, and just kind of traps that got caught in on the way to success. So that book's coming out. It's available on all platforms, Amazon, Barnes & Noble's Target, and that's the 31st. So that's, I guess, the... The, uh, the short Reader's Digest version of me. Oh, that's great. That's <laughs> great, Ralph. That's great. And, you know, I always say that, you know, any book that anybody mentions, I feel that it should be given the time and the energy um, to review it, read it. You know what I mean? Like not just the whatever books that you, you may think that you want, you need to read or someone that you respect you know, kind of recommended a book, but any book, you know, any book that comes up, like you mentioned this book for me is so valuable because I want to read what other entrepreneurs went through, even though I know, because I went through it, right. I know everyone, you know, there's a struggle always, right. Because we're, there's a big risk we're taking as entrepreneurs, right. So there's always going to be a story, but it's so amazing to kind of read a book, read a story, find out what troubles they went through, how they overcame them. And it can only be, you can only find that in in books. I find. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm a, I read every single day. It's it's a staple within my life. Yeah, me too. Um, which is how I ended up writing something because um, I you know I got all this knowledge and you access so much that other people are working on that you can relate to through reading. So I agree with you. Like I really feel like it should be given the time. Um, sometimes I feel like I don't even give the stuff I'm reading enough time and I have to go back and read it again. So I, I'm a thousand percent with you on that. Yeah, yeah. Like I will do. I agree with that as well. Like I'll do a book more than once. I won't. If it's a book, a book is good, and it, I have received something from it. I'll read it more than once. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's beautiful. But do you do audio or do you read? I'm audio. Uh, so I yeah, I, same I, here. <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of task stack in the morning. So I'll get up and exercise every single morning, and I'll listen to an audio book while I'm exercising. So 
it's it's really a good start for me because I'm kind of feeding my brain and I'm giving myself energy. And um, so, yeah, so I do audio and, and that really yeah. works. <laughs> yeah, it works for a lot of entrepreneurs. You yeah. know, audio is so much better. That's why podcasts are so uh, successful, sure. right? Especially yeah. the entrepreneur ones. You just put them in your ear and you just listen. You're good to um, go. <laughs> yeah. So, so how did you get into this short term? Like, you know, there's other opportunities, right, where you can um, invest in a, a single family home, for example, or apartment building, whatever, and and just get um, a lower income, but a monthly kind of stable income, for example. Why would you choose uh, short term like Airbnb compared to that? So, so you know, it really started for me um, around the beginning of, of COVID, actually. Um, that's when I started to go really heavy towards that. And um, there was a little bit of a dip in that market. You know, Airbnbs were kind of frozen because nobody could stay anywhere. So I started to see um, that there was a need because before COVID, there was a very, very high demand for it. Um, and then after COVID, there was less properties available. So it was kind of like this place in the market. I was like, well, I see an opportunity here. So that's how it started. Um, you know, we changed one of my long-term rental properties over to a short-term rental property. And then I really saw the light. And then I started to go out to purchase properties that were specifically for um, this. So over the last two years, I've acquired about 14 properties that are strictly uh, Airbnb uh, short-term rentals. And it's a lot more work for sure. It's definitely more work. It's like running a hotel, but it's also, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a higher rate of return on my money. So, you know, like anything else, as you know, like the more you, more you get paid, the more you're going to work. So we just we learned the system with it. And, and I really believe in it um, as an investment strategy. No, no, that's great. And, you know, I want to ask you, do you do those, um, the swan, uh, 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 the, uh, the towels, the swan towels and different animal shaped towels? You know, so, uh, your- <laughs> my properties are all over the place. So I don't have the same cleaners, but I do have cleaners at three of my luxury properties that do do the swan. That do so, that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's the little things that you yeah. really like, you know what I mean? So it's yes. like those little things. I've learned that. Yes. Um, the good stays are really in the details with people. So yes. it, that, stuff, that little stuff is important. Yes. So true, Ralph. Like I live by the small details because that small details have a way bigger effect on subconscious than anything else. The conscious, we're so busy, right? Just everything just whizzes by us. I, I but agree. Those little things, all of a sudden, they just kind of get feeded in and you remember Oh, I went to that place and it, like, I still remember where I've seen those kind of things. You know what I mean? I, I agree my, with you. And, and it, makes it, it makes it a good experience. And, you know, I even kind of, um, I live my life um, kind of that way. Like even the properties I buy, they're properties of places that I have fond memories of in those areas. Like, so I know if like, if it's an area that I like for a specific reason and I want to go back, then chances are there's some other people who are like me. So I even buy properties kind of around that theory. Mm, that's great. And do you do, uh, do you recommend doing any uh, specific or, or luxury type improvements? For example, if you buy a property in a good location that you know is going to be picked up uh, quite often on these short-term platforms, um, would you add a hot tub if you could? Would you add a pool? Like, do you do those things? Yeah. So, so it depends on the, it depends on the area for sure, but you know, Here's what I would say, two things, uh, you know, just basic things that I think are, are very, very important. You know, I, I, you know we're, having, we're in a recession at this point now, and, we, and we're probably going to see some kind of dip in the housing market, right? Um, I think that the properties that are safe, my properties that I've seen that have done well are properties that are in 
vacation areas that were always vacation areas pretty much, right? So like the first thing you can really do is find a property in an area that has other attractions besides your house, right? So whether it's a beach or it's a lake or it's a historical downtown or it's wineries or whatever, get something that's going to draw people in that's just not your house. Because, so so that's, that's first because it gives you kind of the thing. Um, some of the things I found that have been really, really helpful within the houses are definitely pools and hot tubs for sure. Are, are my houses with those um, attributes do better. Um, it, being pet friendly is a big help with Airbnb. You know, I, I think that people want to travel with their pets. So that's definitely something I would do. Um, I have a property that has a home gym and that is really, really helpful. So I think there's little things like that that definitely help. But I think the most important thing is find homes in areas that have attractions besides just your house. Mm. That's excellent because... You know, there are people that pick up properties uh, for Airbnb um, just because they're getting a good deal, right? So compared to that, that's a really good point, right? So if someone is looking at, oh, I'm getting a solid deal here, you know, I can I can do good on Airbnb, but the location is is not like the typical location that does well, like vacation spots, but it does good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, in those situations, I think the recommendation for that type of individual is that, you know what, just step back and just take a look at those locations and then yeah. compare. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing, you know, because, you know, if you see a lot of articles out there right now, is, is Airbnb going to be down? And if you look, if you really look at the stats, and I do, because, you know, it's something obviously that, that I live in every single day, the demand for these properties is actually up. But what is also up is the amount of properties that are on the market to be rented. You know, post COVID, a lot more people have, have, have caught onto the trend mm-hmm. and doing that. But I do think the houses that are going to have the most trouble over the next couple of years when people are spending less money is um, homes that are just like the same house next door or the homes that don't have anything specific about the area that you want to be in, except that you just needed some place to stay. I think those houses um, are going to have a harder time renting um, for oh, what they were see. renting for during, yeah, during COVID. I think during COVID mm-hmm. and those kind of times, people just wanted to get away. When the economy yeah. was moving, People needed places to stay. You know, I think the stuff that slows down is that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great point. You know, and then for for someone wanting to to kind of park their money and and get something or get involved in the short term, what would your recommendation be if they starting from scratch? What, what should they be doing first is obviously research to find the right location, yeah. or do you recommend first making arrangements to have the down payment ready? And then sort of like, what are the steps that you recommend? Yeah, so I, I think that zeroing on, on an area that you want to buy in is definitely okay. first, right? Like, like mm-hmm. hey, hey, this is where I'm going to start looking, right? You know, mm-hmm. having funds available to do it for sure. But I think finding an area that makes the most sense for you. And, and here's the thing, the beautiful thing about Airbnb and VRBO. All the information is out there. Um, there are websites that will give you exact numbers for exact houses and what they rented for. So you can go, like, I use a website called AirDNA. Um, I, have a, I have a course based on this, by the way. It's called the Next Real Estate Gold Rush. So if anybody's interested in short-term rentals you want to get in, I have a course. It's, it's the nextrealestategoldrush.com. And I go through my A to Z steps on what I did right, wrong, and indifferent over this. But the, 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 all the stats are out there, right? So... Um, AirDNA.co will give, if you put a zip code in, you have to pay for the zip codes, but if you put a zip code in, it'll give you the exact 
stacked for that zip code, what the house was rented for, what the demand amount for was, what the occupancy rate for is. And if you look at the top properties in the area, it'll tell you the dollar amount for the year that they actually rented for what the average daily rate for. So you can really zero in on an area and say, hey, I want to be in this zip code. I know that this is going to be my competition. So I have to have a house that's comparable to this property. And if I do that, I probably should be able to make about this much amount of money. Now I'm making, I'm simplifying it, but like the stats are out there. So you can really make conscious decisions. So I think first is finding an area that first you like, that has a decent amount of income potential in, and third, where it's legal to do short-term rentals. So it's, it's mm. the, the local municipalities and see that making sure what their short-term rental rules are, but that's where I would start. Mm. Yeah, that's great because, you know, a lot of, and for the audience, for example, a lot of people, you know, hear this stuff and then like Ralph just shared some amazing links and ideas to, to research, right. To look into this. But from my experience, um, what I, my advice or what my recommendation would be is always invest in some kind of expertise, knowledge, either, you know, a course, a mentorship, coaching, something like that. I know it costs a lot more. But the reason I'm saying that is because that information, that knowledge that they're sharing, they have very pinpointed details that you would miss otherwise and make mistakes and then, you know, waste time. And we don't want to waste time. We don't want to waste money. And, and, That's why you, yeah, you invest, you, you find, find out. You're hundred percent. Right. What you're buying is time. Like my course is yeah. $987. What you've bought with $997 is my time over the last two years yeah. and all the mistakes that I've made. So yes. that's a, that's an excellent point. Jay. Really, yeah. really. Point. Yeah. Because I see it too much. Yeah. Ralph, like I'm, I'm in the public. Right. So I, I see, I see this. They, they say, Oh, you know, that pointer that what you shared was amazing. You know, it helped me and I'm glad it helped. You know, I'm, I'm glad, but just be very careful because that's one point. There might be 10 other linked points that you don't know. And then, you know, it might be okay for now, but what if, what if, right? So you want to make sure you have your, your T's crossed, I's dotted, you know, you want to make sure you know everything. So you don't hit a hip, uh, hiccup or you don't hit a bump as, as much as possible, of course. Yeah, so you yeah, yeah. Avoid it. Right? You're on the, you're on the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's great. So do you, do you do, you do public speaking too, right? Yeah. So, you know, we do some, we do some stuff with Disruptors Network, but we've done over the last, we did a lot of it before COVID and then COVID kind of slows down a little bit. Now we've gotten back to it where we have really educational uh, seminars where we're trying to train people how to um, either build their business through their branding or just build their business through different sales strategies. So we just had a conference a few months ago called Decoding Disruptors and we had Brad Lee, we had Kevin Harrington, who was on Shark Tank. I had Dottie Herman, you know, and I had them come in and we had them speak to our community about, you know, what are your sales strategies for this year? And what are you branding and how are you building a business? So a lot of the stuff I'm doing is built around that. I get asked to speak sometimes about uh, my story. And that really is what the growth trap is. And, and I explain kind of how I started. I went like this and like this and like this. And it's not a straight line up, but like, um, you know, what have I learned from my failures and how am I using that now to, to, to make the right decision? So yeah, a little bit, we're doing a little bit of public speaking. Yeah. So then were you, were you always 
uh, someone that that wanted to go into entrepreneurship or, or investment or mortgage, for example, is that like the business side of you that made you go into the mortgage world? Uh, I, I think no, no, it wasn't actually. I think I think it was always in my brain. I grew up in, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and I grew up. Uh, you know, my family was my father was a teacher, my mother was an educator as well. Um, he was a principal, and um, I knew that I didn't want to do that because my father said. Teachers in New York City don't make any money. Don't become a teacher, yeah. right? So, I, yeah. and I saw people around me, mostly um, people who were making money were doing the wrong things. So, I, and, I, and so I learned that at a younger age that that's not what I wanted either. But, you know, I wasn't very good in school. So when I graduated college, um, I just graduated because I kind of had to and I just made it through. And there was no job. It was, it was 2001, 2002 when the um, dot-com bubble had just burst. Mm. So there weren't a lot of jobs out there. There were sales jobs. So my first job was I was selling copiers door to door, because it was the only job I could really get. Um, and then I had a friend who was in mortgages. He said, hey, um, why don't you come try this out? I'm working for a new startup company. They're going to go public. Um, I can put you in the training course and get licensed, but this, it's commission only. So I was like, I guess I'll, I'll save up money for a couple of months and I'll try that. And that's what I did. And um, it just happened to be a good time I got into business and I kind of rode that wave from 2002 to 2007. But during that time period, I started buying real estate. I started other businesses. I, I had the entrepreneur spirit, but I just didn't know what direction they kind of pointed. And then yeah. and, and in 08, the market crashed um, and it was a complete start over for me. Uh, you know, yeah. it just uh, I lost everything in the crash. I lost oh. my properties. I I lost the apartment I was living in. I moved from a penthouse apartment on Wall Street to a studio, a 600-foot square foot studio in Staten Island, New York. So I really, it was a complete start over for me, which was, in hindsight, the best thing that ever happened to me. But at the time, it was a lot of pain. Um, mm, so of you course. Know, I, I just dug out and I started over. And um, mm. it didn't, you know, I think the thing I, less, I learned the most is that when you're on top, you, you never think it's going to end. And when it's over, you never think it's going to get it back. Right. Like that's the famous saying. And, and I really believe that. So when I, when I lost everything and I started over, I was just going a hundred miles an hour to try to get back to where I was, where I was comfortable with my money again. Um, I didn't care about anything else. So then I got back to being comfortable and I was unhappy. I was like, this isn't it. I don't want to be comfortable. This isn't, this isn't what, um, this isn't what I'm meant for. So then I started really, getting back to what my entrepreneurship was and starting other businesses and opening other things. And, and, and the challenges, I think, failing and succeeding and all that other stuff really, really have uh, helped me address who I really am in life. And it's somebody who needs constant obstacles. I need constant competition. I need constant stuff that I can strive for to really be, you know, content in my daily activities. Yeah. Well, Ralph, Ralph, I always say this, uh, you know, um, my like for example for me my failures made me you know like my failures my my mistakes is is what created who i am today so you know it's you have to go through it right many call it like success tax right like you have to pay this tax you have to you have to fail you have to learn but you learn from it you don't emotionalize it but your situation when you lost everything what got you to go back in because many don't right Many, many stop there and they go back to working or get a job or something. What was it that what was that one thing internally that got you going again? Um, yeah, I, th I think at first it was pride. Um, I was really one okay. of the first people out of my group of friends to make it any, anything. And I think I was too 
prideful to admit that I had failed. So miserable. Yeah. Right? So like, I think first it was like, well, I don't want anybody to know that I'm a failure. So I'm going to move some, well, the place I moved and I moved out of my apartment, nobody even knew where I was. Like I just was kind of, and I just, cause I didn't want anybody to know that I had failed. Of so course. I think stupid pride was first. And then mm-hmm. once I started to gain traction again, I was like, wow, um, I really, because, you know, the whole thing too, Jay, is I think when you fail the first time, especially when you fail majorly, uh, you start to feel like almost like you were an imposter. And I think that was my first instinct. I was like, I, I was luck. Like, I just got lucky. The market was good. I don't really know what I'm doing. But when I started to work at it, because I had no choice, I had bills to pay. So I started to just continue to work at it. I started to realize I started to have success again. I'm like, wow. I can really do whatever I want as long as I put effort into it. And I think that was where um, I really found the need to kind of go again, right? Like, all right, well, I can, I can repeat this. And if it crashes again, so what? I'll just, I'll rebuild it again. And I, and, and I think that's, I think the failure, like you just said, is what really empowered me um, to, to, to really, to, to keep going and keep looking for more things that I could, that I could fail at almost, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess intimidating for a lot of people, right? But as entrepreneurs or seasoned entrepreneurs, especially with that that foundational work, that mindset stuff, like how we look at things, for example, that helps to take that additional step again, right? Because, you know, it it can be scary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. so I'm glad that you did it. Yeah, I'm glad that you kept going. (laughs) <laughs> um, are you are you planning on writing more books? Are you are you? I just I just have this feeling that I think you're going towards that route <laughs> where you're gonna just be publishing books. You can do everything else, but I think you have some kind of passion in the books. You right? know, I, I I think I um what I enjoy most is educating people. Mm. Um, like I think that's where it's funny. Because my father was an educator, and he told me not to be one. But I think what I actually enjoy most is is educating people, and that includes my own kids, the people that I work with, myself, and. You know, when I feel uh, most happy and empowered when I'm giving somebody else my experiences and explaining to them um, how I failed and how they could succeed and avoid what I did. So I think if, yeah, if those books include me helping other people get around things and um, and even my course, the course I built up for the short-term rentals because every saw I was doing it and I kept getting phone calls like, well, how'd you do this and how'd you do that? And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to put a course together. Um, and awesome. so I, I can just say, hey, go go get the course. You know what I mean? And and um, but I think if, if, yeah, if it includes educating, I think I'll write more books for sure. Definitely. Yeah, no. Yeah. I see it. I see it. And that course, like it shows, you know, the pricing that you added for that course is, is phenomenal. Like it's, it's, it's peanuts. If you think about it right now, especially with, with yeah, the, you know, and I wanted it to be viable. I, I didn't want people yeah. to okay, like, I wanted, I was like, look, I want you easy to get it. Me, but I wanted it to be something that was a price that people could really afford, especially if they're trying to buy a house. Like thousand dollars, if you're trying to buy a house, you can go towards something else. But it's in, that thousand dollars is going to save you a hundred thousand dollars if you really take heed to what I said, because I've lost that much trying to do some of the things that didn't work. Mm. Yes. So, what are your <clears throat> excuse me next five year goals? Like, what are you planning? Uh, what are you envisioning? You're going to see yourself in the next five years. Um, so, you know, the real estate is always something that I'll, I'll want to be um, very, very heavily involved in. So I think, you know, what I'm working on now is I'm working on um, creating a fund um, that, that may be a token. I'm working on it, the, 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 the idea that it actually may be a token instead of an actual real estate fund 
that is going to give people access to invest in, in my real estate portfolio and my growing portfolio. And I, you know, a lot of my focus over the next five years, besides my mortgage business, which is always going to be a staple for me, um, is going to be based around that. And I think really because it's my, it's, I'm passionate about it. You know, I like going to find the properties. I like making them profitable. I like putting them together. I like creating experiences for people. So I think a lot of what I'm going to do is going to be based around that fund, which I'm hoping to release late this year, early next year. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Definitely. When you release that fund, get in touch with us. I, I would love to share and support and help you out with spreading the message. We can do like some lives or something. That would be awesome. Yeah. hundred percent. I really yeah. appreciate that. I will. My pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure, Ralph. Um, so what do you, what do you, what kind of suggestion could you give an entrepreneur that is looking to increase their cash flow, um, but doesn't want to invest anything? That's like one of the biggest searches, right? So I, it's a great question. And I honestly feel like right now is such a big opportunity for people to, to make huge strides in their career and the entrepreneurship and everything like that, because, you know, we're going into, we're, we're, we're in what's defined as a recession. And the, the definition of recession is two uh, consecutive uh, down fiscal quarters based off of, of gross domestic product, right? So basically the value of things were down for two consecutive quarters, right? But if you listen to every major entrepreneur, right? The Ed Milets, the Tony Robbins, the Dean Graziosos, the, the, all those guys, what they'll tell you is that they made their biggest strides during recessions. Like they gave the most, because there's less competition during recessions, right? So the, the lanes are more wide open, even though there's less business, the lanes are more wide open. So I think what you're going to have to invest as an entrepreneur is your time. But that all thing I, I also that you should look at is even, and even Warren Buffett did it this week, right? Warren Buffett has always doubled and tripled down on things that he had a lot of experience in during recessions. So he didn't start something new, right? He, he, he doubled down on what he felt like his strongest asset was or his strongest skill was. And he perfected it because he knew it was going to be needed during down economic times. So I think whatever you're working on right now, whatever you feel like that you have some substance in or experience in or whatever it is, double and triple down your time on that stuff. And I think that you will see you know, exponential rewards at the end of this recession, which recessions usually last about 18 months. That's historically how long they last. Whether this lasts that long or not, I'm not sure. But at the end of it, you will have so much momentum coming out of it that it's inevitable that you will find some success. So I think that, you know, investing time and doubling down on the things that you that you know right now is, is very, very powerful. Amazing. Thank you, Ralph, for that suggestion and recommendation. It was great advice. We also like to ask our guests what their innermost superpower is that got them to this point. Uh, that's, that's really, really good. So I think my superpower is um, holding myself accountable. Um, I really hold myself accountable every single day. And, 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 I, and I, um, I find different ways to do it. Like, for instance, we talked about reading. Uh, I have a, a timer on my phone that I have to read a certain amount every single day. And, and I look at that every single day. I run pretty regularly. Um, I set a goal at the beginning of the year of how many miles I want to have for the year. So it keeps me accountable every single week. Like, hey, if I don't run 20 miles this week, I can't get my, to my goal of 1,300 miles this year. So I, I, you know, I, I, I hold myself accountable to, to everything, right? And, I, and if I can't do it myself, I find ways and or people to hold me accountable. Like, I'm not great at keeping a strict diet. It's just the one thing that I can't seem to do. I like sweets. Um, I, you know, so, so, yeah, so, so it's the one thing that I'm not good at. So, 
um, you know, I, I found I found a nutritionist that holds me accountable every single and and I have to weigh in and I have to send them pictures and he's annoyed with me if I'm late. So like, so I find if I can't do it myself, I find other people to hold me accountable. But I think that's my superpower. That's awesome. Such an important one, right? Because those voices we hear in our head, especially if we're not um, centered yet, once we get centered, obviously is more control. But without that center, it's it's those thoughts go ramp. They run a rampage, right? So even if you make a commitment, those voices say, "Well, you don't need to do it today. You know, it's okay. You can read tomorrow, yeah. right?" Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you say, "Yeah, you know, that's yeah. right. Maybe you're right. You know, maybe today is not a good day. It's a nice weather. I'll go for a walk instead. You know, I don't want to put yeah. it in my ear." You know? So there's those voices there arguing with each other, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. he says, "Okay, good. Let's go for a walk." Yeah, so that it. accountability, I find that is such a crucial component in entrepreneurship, but it's it's not there because the the you know the, the, there's foundational work that needs to be done, obviously, to get to that point. But it's such an important point. Like that is such an important superpower. Accountability is everything to get you in action consistently. hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I, the consistency, the consistency that accountability affords me every single day is is every yeah. bit of why I'm successful in anything. It's just. Yes. I consistently keep myself accountable, and that and that really has is, is, is helped me a lot. That's amazing. Well, you know, Ralph, it was amazing talking to you. Um, audience, you could see Ralph is a wonderful person. He's out to help serve key. You want to work with people that are out there looking to serve others. And that quality is, is, as you can tell, you can see it's not in everyone. So when you see that, you know, give, give kind of personality. If you're looking to increase your cash flow or looking to increase your, your net worth or your business or anything, get in touch with people like Ralph, because that's where you will get that genuineness. Right. And that course that he's talking about, you know, I have nothing to do with it. Like I'm not saying it for commission or nothing like that. I'm just saying it because it's a good value. And if you can get something out of it that can help you increase your cash flow, it's a good investment because it's a low investment. So that's something that you can look at. And again, thank you again, audience. Love you guys. Get in touch with us, you know, engage, uh, follow us, comment on our uh, post, send me a DM. Love to hear from you. Same with Ralph. He would love to hear from you guys, I'm sure. And again, Ralph, thank you for your time today to come on the show. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate your struggle before and now the happiness and the success and the growth that you're achieving and keep going, my, my, my friend, keep going. I appreciate it. I appreciate, I appreciate all the information you're putting out to the world. I think it's very valuable. So thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.